Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. I am your host, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Dave Schofield, coming at you with some crazy, geeky numbers, some Pittsburgh Steelers talk, and just hopefully some, um, maybe some stuff to help put some, some things in per, into perspective. Before I get rolling... Wow, what a shout out to Jerry Cherry Band. If you're listening to our audio platform, which obviously you are if you're listening to this, you just heard Jerry Cherry Band open up the show. You hear it on a lot of our morning shows. Um, You hear it on Stat Geek. You hear it on Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride. You hear it on the live mic, although I'm a little bit jealous of the live mic right now because now he's even got a nice clip courtesy of Coach Tomlin and his post-game press conference from week two that now uh, is used for the live mic. If you don't know what I'm talking about, all you got to do is make sure you check out that episode as well. And of course, you also get some Jerry Cherry Band with our with our two blokes from Down Under with the Steelers Touchdown Under um, on the Saturday show. So I might have missed one in there that maybe we use some of the music for, but Jerry Cherry Band, thank you so much. Check it out. Uh, do a search on YouTube, and, and you can find find more stuff there. Another thing I wanted to come at with uh, at you all with is an is an update because I, I do this on the Scobro Show, and I also try to make sure that I do it here as well. You are listening to this podcast. It should be Thursday. The Thursday night game should you know maybe you're listening to it on Friday. Maybe you're a little bit behind, or even Saturday. Bottom line is hopefully you're hearing this before Sunday at one o'clock. Cause if you're still in the Steelers, not the Steelers, the BTSC survivor pool, get in there and make your pick, make your pick. Oh, it was so disheartening this past week. Only seven people were eliminated by picking the wrong team, but 29 people were eliminated because they didn't make their pick in time. So don't be one of those. Make sure you go in. It's a sign Marquise Pouncey football that you're fighting for. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. You're a little bit late to the game. You didn't get entered in the contest, but um, we've we're, we've got over half the people gone in two weeks. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about, there's an article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com that lays lays out all the, all, all the results from uh, this past week to bring that all together. But right now, first thing I got to talk about is I, I do like to highlight some numbers from the previous week. Although this is Thursday, and you know we're it's on it's on to Houston, on to the Texans. It's time to get ready for that next game. You can't dwell on the victory too long. But sometimes you just got to do it a little bit. You got to do it a little bit. You got to look at some of the numbers, um, some of the things that you like. Had some good numbers from this past week, and you know we're actually going to dwell on the Steelers number so far this year. I know Jeff Hartman hit on some things with these, but I'm going to take some of these numbers. I'm going to take a little bit next level from what Jeff did on let's ride yesterday. And we're going to look at what it means for the Steelers going forward. So a couple of things that I liked is I mentioned this on the Scobro show. You got to love that the Steelers had a hundred, a hundred yard rusher and a 300 yard passer in the same game. Granted, most of those 100 yards were on one run, but hey, you take them how you can take them, and that one what, that one run was at a very key moment for the Steelers. So really like that. Really like how the Steelers are the only team in the NFL 
that has a 100-yard rusher in each of their first two games. Nobody else can say that. But the thing is, there's nobody in the NFL, no running back in the NFL, that has two 100-yard rushing games. None. Zero. Because the Steelers are the only team that has it, and it was from two different guys. Benny Snell Jr. in week one, James Conner in week two. Uh, hopefully this means that both backs could be serviceable. I know Benny Snell had had a rough game, especially, you know, giving up that fumble at a very costly time. And the reason I say it's very costly wasn't that, oh, it was a key moment where it made the Steelers lose the game, but they could have put the nail in the coffin at that point right there. Um, had great field position. You know, just getting another score right there would have been huge. And uh, it, it, instead, the ball gets... Ball ends up on the grass, and this time, Juju wasn't there to bail him out. So uh, that's something that uh, that Benny Snell football has got to work on moving forward. So got to love some of the performances so far. You know, we'll talk a little bit about Chase Claypool here with some of these numbers we're going to get into. The sh- two, both streaks continued, the good and the bad. The bad streak of the 25 turnovers or 25 straight games with at least one turnover, that continued. But. 59 games now where the Steelers have registered, sorry, 59 regular season games now in a row where the Steelers have registered at least one sack. Um, That's by far the most in in the NFL. I think the next closest is the Cowboys. They, I'm not sure if they were at 19 before their last game or if they hit 19, it's either 19 or 20 uh, where it's, where it's something like that. But, What I want to do with some of these numbers, I don't want to just look at the numbers that the Steelers just had. Let's look at what they've done so far in this very young season. I know sometimes it's like, are these numbers really telling us much? Are are they saying a whole lot? Well, let's put them in perspective to see how they would look over the course of an entire season if the numbers that the Steelers have put up so far in two games, we're going to look at offense, we're going to look at defense, and see how they would look going forward. Now, I just realized there was one other thing from the last game I did not hit on, and I don't want to talk about it projecting forward because I kind of want to be be done with it. But one of the one of the downers from the Steelers so far this year, and the reason I waited till now, is because it's happened in both games. Not only has the Steelers not put up any points on their opening drive of the game, which is something I talked about at length last season when they only had six total points scored on opening drives last year, you know, one of which was handed to them because they got the ball in field goal position, didn't even get a first down and kicked the field goal. Uh, the other time was they did have a drive. I'm pretty sure that was against the Cardinals was the other one where they, where they had a field goal to open the season. But not only did they not score any points on their opening drives, they haven't even got a first down. No first downs on opening drives in two games for the Steelers. And that's a little bit concerning. There's only three teams in the NFL, three teams in the NFL that do not have a first down yet on their opening drive um, of each game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Washington football team, and the Steelers' opponent in week three, the Houston Texans. They do not have a first down yet. Um on their opening drive. So that's quite interesting to look at right there. So here come the Steelers. They are 2 and 0. They're 2 and 0. Now what I want to look at is if we take these numbers that the Steelers have now put up, one game isn't a big enough sample size. Two games, I'll be honest with you, probably not a big enough sample size. But it gives you a little bit more to look at. 
a little, you know, it, it's double the sample size we had after week one, obviously. So I'm going to do this now and I might come back and look at it again come week four because that would that's the quarter mark for the for the Steelers. So the Steelers are one of 11 teams who are 2 and 0. Oh. It's the it's the Steelers, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Los Angeles Rams, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans who the Steelers will travel to play in week 4. Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Got to worry about that week three game first. But what we're going to do is we're going to look at look at what the Steelers have done and say, all right, if they keep this pace for the entire season, where are they going to be? What's it going to look like? And I'm going to give you an over or under from that. Is this something that the Steelers are going to improve on and they're actually going to probably, hopefully, overdo those numbers or is this something that it's like yeah i don't think they're going to keep that pace up for an entire season so let's dive in here's an easy one the steelers are 2 and 0 if you want to look at their <laughs> all 11 of these teams if you want to look at projected pace would have them at 16 and 0 now obviously this can't happen because the steelers my goodness they play uh, one, two, they have three of these undefeated teams on their schedule. So obviously this can't happen to everyone, but it's the whole notion of, so the, the Steelers projected record based on their current record would be 16 to no, that's an under, there's no, you know, I'm not saying there's no way that could happen. You, you never know when a team really gets going on a roll, but I would not look for the Steelers to go 16 and 0. I'm just happy with two and zero, and just keep winning these games along the way. So there's, that's one thing to look at. Let's look at some at some overall statistics. We might look at some team statistics. We might look at some individual statistics. But with some of these, when you're talking about percentage, your percentage doesn't change. The percentage isn't going to change from, from now to game 16. But, you know, not like where, where you're saying, oh, wow. Um, for example, I'll just throw one out there. Um, Bud Dupree has one sack, so he would be projected to have eight sacks on the season. Yeah, but if Ben Roethlisberger has a completion percentage of 68.5, if he keeps up this pace, his completion percentage would be 68.5 because it's a percentage. So there's things like that, such as like, let's say the red zone percentage. The Steelers right now have a red zone percentage, and I'm not going to compare these to the rest of the league. I'm going to look. I know Jeff Hartman did that a good bit yesterday on Let's Ride, so we're just going to stick to looking at just the Steelers. So their red zone percentage right now is 57.1%, um, and that is scoring a touchdown on your number of attempts into the red zone. Steelers have made it into the red zone seven times, and they have four red zone touchdowns. So. I think that's a number that if you just look at that number, I'm I'm going to I'm going to go over. I think they they can up that percentage as the season goes on to be a little bit more efficient in the red zone. So, but the Seals are also doing pretty well when it comes to their opponent's red zone percentage. That that's only 28.6% of the time when an opponent reaches the red zone that they get um that they score a touchdown. So, that that's pretty good. So, the Steelers are just to let you know, they are middle of the road with the red zone percentage. They're 17th in the league, but right now they're number one in the league with red zone defense. So that's pretty good. So that's about the only time I'll look at stuff when it comes to, to the league. Let's look at 
Let's look at Ben Roethlisberger. Let's look at the quarterback, okay? So far this season, Jeff went over the numbers and everything. But right now, if Ben Roethlisberger keeps everything up, he is looking at throwing for 4,320 yards on the season at his current pace. 4,320. I'm going to say I'm going to go the under with this one. Um, I think that there's going to be times where the Steelers aren't going to have to throw the ball as much. Um, and I mean, putting Ben right around 4,000 wouldn't be terrible. So I'm hoping he doesn't have to go over that amount. So, so that's one. So right now that's his pace that he's on. We'll see how it goes in a couple of weeks. If he's still on that pace, he is also on pace to throw 40 touchdowns. That's correct. 40 touchdowns. Has Ben Roethlisberger ever thrown 40 touchdowns in a season? He has not. The most he has ever thrown in a season was 34 touchdowns in 2018. So I'm once again, I'm going to take the under on that one. I don't know that Ben's going to get to 40 touchdowns, um, but it's good to see that early on when people expected him to have rust, that he's on pace for 40 touchdowns. He's also on pace for eight interceptions. I'm going to go over on that one. I, I have a feeling he's going to have a couple games in there where he maybe get a cut, where he might have two. I like that he's taking care of the ball. He knows what's what um, his limitations are, and he even on Wednesday uh, when he spoke said, "Hey, it's normally my day off. I'm going out to work on my footwork. It's got to be better because my footwork was sloppy, which kind of turned my throw sloppy and it caused that interception." Great job, Ben. Lo- looking at that and things that you need to work on. So that's kind of the, the the numbers when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, also, if you wanted to look at it, it would also mean that that uh, Ben's going to get sacked about 24 times this year. That's the pace that he's on right now for the, how many times he would be sacked. Um, I'd, I'd take that. I, I mean, that's I, I would take that with Ben Roethlisberger for how many times he was sacked. He was sacked 24 times in 2018. Okay, it was it was less than that before. So I'm hopefully the Steelers can go under on that number. But the other thing right now with Ben is after two games, his quarterback ranking, sorry, not ranking, rating, his quarterback rating is a 107.1. If he holds that that rating, that would be the highest of his career. So where Ben is is rate with it with his quarterback rating, if he could keep that for the next for all sixteen games, then that would be the highest of his career. Now I don't think he will because I said I think he's going to go over the pace for his interceptions and under his, under the pace for for touchdowns. Um, so the so the likelihood of him doing that. But I went back and looked at what what is his quarterback rating in the first two games of the season over his career. And he only has three seasons where he has a higher rating than what he does right now. And those seasons were um 2015, he he had a he had a higher rating. It was a it was a 122.6. But his other two seasons were 2008 and 2005. Now they were much higher ratings. They were 133.9 and 153.6, um, respectively. But those are those are two key seasons that if you think about that for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2008 and 2005. Not saying it's a repeat. I'm just also saying that whenever whenever things like this happen, um, Ben has come out and had some pretty high ratings with his first couple games. 
Got to just look at the bigger sample size as we continue to go on. So that's Ben Roethlisberger and some of the numbers associated with him. When we come back, I wanted to spend extra time on Ben because, you know, it's Ben. When we come back, we're going to look at uh, some numbers with with the offense, with with the rushing and the receiving. Uh, we're going to look at the the defensive numbers and and what what they're on pace for both as a group and individually and we're also going to look at the at um look ahead a little bit about some things that we want to see uh this week coming up when the Steelers take on the Houston Texans so sit tight be right there and we will be back right after this break And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Steelers Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, trying to look at some things with you where it comes to the projected stats for the season based on what players have done so far. And when you look at Ben Roethlisberger, where we just covered it at the, at the end of the last segment, you look at the numbers that he's projected on these two games, that's telling you he's had two pretty good games. So if anyone that's wondering about Ben, um, there, there you go. Let's let's kind of turn over and, and let's look at some of the some of the rushing numbers. Some of the rushing numbers. So what's what's interesting is first let's just look at a team. The Steelers have a total between everyone two hundred and fifty yards rushing so far this season. That means at that pace they would hit exactly two thousand yards rushing on the season. So it's interesting because I don't know that it's going to fall the way that, that you would necessarily expect it to because so far in two games, the yards are really divided up between James Conner and Benny Snell. They both have the exact same number of attempts. And the only difference is Benny Snell has three more yards than James Conner. That's it. So if you look at it right now, James Conner would be on pace for 920 yards for the season, and Benny Snell would be on pace for 944 yards for the season. I'm going to say, I'm going to take the under for Benny Snell. I just think he's not going to get as many attempts as when James Conner's healthy, but I still also look for James Conner to possibly miss some time uh, this season even more. So he's got to be ready for that and got to hold on to the football. So honestly, I'm probably going to say, um, I'm probably going to say under for both, but I think it'll be more under for Snell than Connor. I think Connor's going to end up with more rushing yards on the season unless he misses too many games. So um, that's just kind of kind of where, where I go with both of those guys. I could see them both getting close to those totals. But right now, neither one of them is on pace to go over 1,000 yards. But as a team, they're on pace to hit 2,000 yards, which I think is a little bit more encouraging. Uh, if you look at the receiving numbers right now, who would be third in receiving would be Juju Smith-Schuster when it comes to receiving yards. And Juju is on pace for 936 yards for the season based on his uh, the, the two weeks that he has. So it would be 936 yards on, on 104 receptions. So 
I I think the receptions are probably going to be right around that there, right around a hundred. Um, and the yards, that's going to be a tough call because I th- I think that's sitting really about what what you're going to see from Juju. Um, I'm going to take the over though. I, I'm going to say let's let let's let's see him hit that one thousand yards. So he's that's that's the pace that he's on right now. Now, additionally, he's on pace to score sixteen receiving touchdowns. Um, I'm taking the under there. Uh, it's funny because after the first game, he was technically on pace to score 32 touchdowns. So I was definitely taking the under there. I'm going to take the under there, but I I think he's going to get in the end zone a good bit. Um, next um, would be one Chase Claypool. He would he right now is second in yardage for the Steelers. And if you want to look at what uh, what Claypool he would he's on pace to go over a thousand yards. It would be 1,016. Um, and then of course his his w- w- <laughs> on the number of of receptions that would only be on 40 receptions. I think he's going to go over that, the, the pace of his receptions, but under his pace of yards. Uh, I think he will get more catches. I think he'll get over 40 catches, but I don't th- know that he's going to go over that 1000 yards. Cause remember a lot of that was an 84 yard touchdown. So, but he's also on pace for eight touchdowns. I think I'll take the under there as well. I would say five or six would be a good number for him. But uh, it's good to see the rookie stepping up right now. And uh, I had it as an article on Wednesday that um, after two weeks, he's actually the number one ranked wide receiver, according to PFF. Now, take your PFF rankings for what they're worth. Some like them, some don't. That's up to you. But uh, I was kind of surprised to to see that out of out of the rookie, especially when you see other receivers out there already having like four touchdown catches and things like that. But um I don't think that's something he should worry about holding on to. He should just go out and play his game and worry about being uh, the the best he can for the Steelers. Now, leading the Steelers in receiving yards so far in 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 2020 is Deontay Johnson, who's actually on pace for almost 1,200 yards, 1192, based on what he's what he has right now, and he's on pace for over 100 receptions because he would actually be at 112. I think he's going to. I think the receptions are going to be right around there. I'm going to say. I'm going to say under on the yardage, but it would not shock me if he was over. I just think that's a pretty good pace, especially for a player that at times has struggled. That's had a couple drops with everything else. That yet he's still come through with that, and he's on pace for eight touchdowns. And I think that's that's reasonable. That's a reasonable pace for him as well. So. That's that's what we're we're looking for with the Steelers right now with some of those numbers on offense. Now, um, I I don't really know of any other ones that we should necessarily have to dive into. I mean, uh, all in all, I mean the the Steelers when it comes to it's funny because receiving yards and passing yards are a little bit different because sacks come off of when you when you look at an individual's yardage, um, that that's just pure yards. But when you look at team passing yards, uh, yards lost to it, a sack comes off of that. So, but if you just want to look at receiving yards, the Steelers are on pace, you know, for it to be right. What Ben had, which was of course, cause he's throwing them all to him of over 4,000 receiving yards, which I think would be uh, really nice for this 2020 team to go probably right around 4,000 is what I would look at. So then, then you can dive into some, some things on the defense. Okay. Right now, the Steelers are on pace when it comes to 
let's start with sacks. They're on pace for 80 sacks. I mean, I made the bold prediction before the season started that I thought they would hit 60. I still, I think that's very ambitious, but I think that's something they can do. The fact that they're on pace for 80 is a great sign, but you also got to remember, these are two wins. Um, we're going to get a little better sample size if we turn around and do this again in a couple weeks. So I don't think they're going to hit the 80 sacks. I'm definitely going to take the under there. Um, so, but let's, that's just amazing that that's the pace that they're on. Um, we'll go back and look at some individuals with that in just a second, but I wanted to look at some other things. Um, how about quarterback hits? The Steelers are on pace to have 216 quarterback hits. That's crazy. That's that's crazy. And so I'm I'm going to take the under there uh, just because I think they'll both come down. It just goes to show that when it comes to getting to the quarterback, uh, what they've been able to do the, the first the first couple of weeks. So, I mean, man, 27 quarterback hits. That's that's something. How about those tackles for loss? How about the Steelers if they could keep this pace up and have 176 tackles for loss? That would be crazy. That that would be an insane number. Um, I, I personally, I would love to see it. I really would. But uh, that's I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, look at some of these individuals. Jeff Hartman talked about this on Let's Ride yesterday. Vince Williams is leading the league in tackles for loss with six. He's, I mean, he is on pace to hit almost fifty tackles for loss for the season. That would that that would be pretty pretty impressive from one Vinny Vinovici. So, but he's there. You know, then you got players like Mike Hilton and Tyson Alualu and T.J. Watt, who they're on pace for for twenty four. Um, that's some really crazy stuff. So I'd like to see it. The Steelers. Now let's look at the at the takeaways. The Steelers are are on pace to not quite do what they did last year with takeaways, but not bad. They're on pace to have thirty two takeaways. Um. I think, you know, I might take the over on that one. I, I think they could maybe go over that a little bit. I I said they were going to have less when I was asked this, this in the offseason, but now that I see them out there and seeing how they're taking advantage of their opportunities, I, I think I might go a little bit over on that one. So so those are some good team stats. Let's look at a couple individuals. TJ Watt is on pace for 20 sacks. 20 sacks. I I it would be really hard to bet on him going over 20 sacks. Do I think he could do it? Yes. Do I think he will do it? I'm going to say no. I think he's going to come up just short. I'd like to see him around 17 or 18. That would be great. Uh, Mike Hilton's on pace for 16 sacks. Um, I, I don't see that happening. If he got to double digit sacks as a defensive back, that would be, that would be very impressive. I'd have to look up that stat to see, you know, defensive backs that have hit double digit sacks in a season. I don't know if it's happened or who it would be or how, how it would be. So that's another one to look at. Um, interceptions. Of course, the only person is, um, is, is Joe Hayden on pace for, let's see what he has. He just has the Hold on. Why am I saying he's the only person? Joe Hayden is the only defensive back. Sorry about that. He is on pace for eight interceptions on the season. Um, that would be that would be really good. That would be great. Uh, this is where you're only dealing with one of something. It it makes it tough to only have a two game sample size. But uh, I, I don't know that he'll get eight, but he might be able to get close. Um, 
I'm really glad we're not applying these numbers to Minka Fitzpatrick because he doesn't even have a pass defense yet this year. So uh, hopefully Minka can get going. So these are some things that if you look at these projected stats, he would have zeros other than tackles because uh, he doesn't have anything in uh, um, in the books other than tackles. But uh, definitely don't think Cameron Hayward's going to get to eight interceptions because he's on pace for that, or T.J. Watt. I could see T.J. Watt getting another one or even two this season. But uh, if, there, if, if Cameron Hayward gets another interception this year, that, that would be impressive. That would be super impressive. I just, I just don't see it happening. But uh, these are some of the numbers that, that some of these defenders are putting up. I mean, some great tackles for loss, some of the sacks. Uh, they're on crazy pace that I just don't know that they'll be able to, to, to keep it up. But that's not just as much to say about them in the future. That's also goes to saying what they've done and the pressure they've put on and the things that they've done these first two games. I'd like to come back and look at some of these pacings here in a couple of weeks and see how it compares and get a bigger sample size to see how it goes. So, but that's kind of what it looks like right now for the Steelers going forward after, after two games into the season. So what should we expect this week with the Houston Texans? Well, I said last week, I didn't want to see Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball more than 35 times. And unfortunately he did. Um, it doesn't, not, not a bad thing. It's just, the way it was. So, I mean, he ended up throwing the ball, um, what was it, 41 times. So, in average, he's got, what is it, 30, 36 and a half completion or uh, not completions, attempts per game. So, I'd, I'd like to see him stay under that average this week because I'd like to see the Steelers to be ahead. This is a crazy game to think about because you've got the 0 2 Texans going against the 2 0 Steelers. But look at what the Texans had to do to get here. They have that brutal start of the season of having to go to Kansas City, host Baltimore, and then go to Pittsburgh. So this is crazy. What you ultimately want to see is you want the Steelers to look to have to once again have their opponents rushing under 100 yards. That's really what you'd like to see from the Steelers, because so far um, in, in total, the the average that they have right now is, I think, what is that, like six, 62 and a half um, yards per game they've been giving up on the ground. If they could if they could keep the Texans to to under 65 yards rushing, because you got to remember, they got a quarterback that can run it, too. That would be a good thing for the Steelers. So let's try to keep those rushing yards down. Um, the biggest thing is getting, you know, you got to, you got to finish when you have an elusive quick quarterback, sometimes it's hard to finish off the sacks. So if the Steelers could get up there, they don't have to put up seven sacks against the Texans, but you know, if they could get three or four, that would really be some good numbers, good positive numbers. So, um, and the Steelers being able, I mean, if they could, if they could be that team that for the third straight week, they had a hundred yard rusher. Man, I mean, the Steelers have already doubled the number of 100-yard rushers they've had from 2019. So that that would be very good to see. But most importantly, as it always comes down to, the most important number, stats-wise, you want to see from the Steelers is that one in the win column. You want to add that extra tally to the win column. So that's what we really want to see Sunday when it comes to the Texans. This is the Steelers' first regular week of the season. 
The reason I say that is because the first week of the season, they had that extra day and didn't play till Monday. So your schedule was off. Then you're coming off that Monday game where you only have one day before you get back into scheduled practice rather than two. So they didn't have that last week. So this was their first regular week. They play on Sunday. They play on Sunday again, and they get to have a regularly scheduled week. Hopefully they can step up to this. Hopefully they are ready for the Texans because you always know some crazy things are going to happen. There are some crazy things that happened last week. You also had some crazy calls. And when you're playing well, you could overcome those things. So the Steelers don't just need to play well enough to beat the Texans. They need to play well enough to overcome when things don't go their way and still beat the Texans. So with that, we're going to call it a show here today. I hope I didn't bombard you with too many numbers. Um, I Hopefully you're encouraged with what the Steelers have done so far because they are on pace to, to put up some crazy stats this year. But like I said, it's a two-game sample. If they're still on that same, some of the a similar pace with some of these things after four games, that's when you really got to start paying attention to see what this team could do this year. But you got to get there. And the best way that they can get there is increasing those win totals to go from 2 and 0 to then being at the quarter mark to be 4 and 0. But first thing you got to do is you got to be 3 and 0. You got to take care of the Texans this week. So hopefully on next Thursday I'm coming back talking to you about another Steelers victory. Make sure you are tuning in for that game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Make sure you are checking out behindthesteelcurtain.com for all your Steelers news. We've got everything you need there. And of course, continue to uh to, to tune in to our whole family of podcasts. And thank you so much for joining me. And of course, thanks for geeking out with me. We'll see you next time.